So uh, I am uh, in this idea right now uh, where my word for the year, kind of the guiding uh, light for my year is the word now. Everybody say now. And uh, so for me, it means in, in one sense, letting go of all the past and embracing what is now. Uh, so all of us have gone through different seasons where maybe we've experienced loss or maybe we experienced uh, victory in the past, but uh, this is right now. The past is past. The past is over. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. It's done. It's over. So just for me, letting go of the past, uh, all the people that were part of the past, letting go of that, all the successes of the past, letting go of that, all the failures, all the heartaches, all the victories, all the disappointments, and learning to embrace living in the now, embracing what is now. What, who's, who are your relationships right now? What is God doing in your world right now? Uh, and just embracing the idea that this is my life now, and uh, I have kind of thought about this and meditated on this. I did not intend to turn this into a series of messages. It's just happened. So uh, being a teacher, uh, I have a tendency to dig, and this is one thing that I love about the Bible is that you can never exhaust everything there is in the Bible. It's like you might say, I've read my Bible all the way through year after year for how many years. There's always a now word. There's always a fresh word that God wants to give to us. There's always another layer of revelation and connection of thoughts and ideas. And so uh, I've been meditating on this whole idea of now. This is my life now. How should I be thinking now? So 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, New American Standard says, working together with him, with God, we also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you, and on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now, somebody say now, now is the acceptable time, or now is the time of favor. There is a favor on right now for you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And where I've gone with my thinking over the past few weeks is to understand that there is grace for now, there is favor for now, there is salvation for now. Uh, I like this, these two verses in the New Living Translation. It says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then just ignore it. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Come on, today is the day of salvation. So I love this idea. I'm always captivated by this idea that this grace of God, this is the way God has chosen to relate to you and to me. It is grace. 
So he gives us unearned righteousness, a right standing with him that is not earned by us, but given by him. He gives us unearned favor. It comes from God because he's a good God, because he wants to. He gives us unearned empowerment for living life, unearned help. And what the Bible tells us is that when we enter into the grace of God, grace partners us with God. So 2 Corinthians 6.1 says, working together with him. That's what we do in life. We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. When we enter into this relationship that grace gives us with God, it enables us to have a, a sense of partnership with heaven. It gives us a sense of purpose in life because our life is more than just trying to pay the bills and keep the grass cut and get the, you know, keep the car running. There is a sense of purpose in life. And grace brings us into this place where you and I, both individually, but then together, we are the connectors of heaven and earth. Whatever, whatever arena God has called you maybe to work in or to earn a living in, God has equipped you with that, and he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use us as a conduit to bring heaven into the earth. And, and I think it's important that we understand how valuable our life is, captured by grace, saved by grace, blessed by grace, given all this grace that God's put in our life. But he, what he wants to do is extend the authority of heaven into the earth through us. And your purpose in life is more than just having a job or collecting things. Your purpose in life is to see how God would use you to help be a connector of heaven to the earth. Without him, we cannot do it, but without us, he will not do it, right? And he's placed the earth under the authority of his people. And he will not take back that authority to release heaven. We're being given the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He won't take that authority back, and, but he also won't supersede the authority he's given. So a praying people, a people that are in pursuit of God, uh, in the place of prayer, in the place of faith, in the place of the promises of God, a praying people releases literally the sovereignty of God in the earth. We justify God's action in the earth. God, God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants to do. But what he wants to do is keep his word. What he wants to do is keep his promise. What he wants to do is include you and include me in the purpose of bringing heaven into the earth. So we all know the story how Adam, you know, aligned himself with the enemy, with the devil, with the serpent, and 
the authority that was given to him got handed over to the devil, but thank God for the second Adam, Jesus, who broke the power of the enemy. So what Christ came to do is to break the legitimate rightful hold the enemy had because of Adam and Eve and their choices. But the second Adam, Jesus, creates a new race of man, a new race of woman, a, a, a new creation. So what I want to what I want to focus in on for a few moments today is we're talking about favor for right now. We're talking about salvation for right now. But today I want to talk about for a few moments grace for right now. Grace for right now. Hebrews 4 verse 16 is the verse I want to kind of start with that speaks to me about this uh, idea. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Here to remind you this morning that our God is a helping God. He wants to help. He, he is, you need his help more than he needs your help. <laughs> And what this verse is telling us that in your time of need, in your right now, God is looking at your world and saying, I want to help. I, I, I want to bring heaven not only just into the earth, but I want to bring heaven into your earth. You know, there are, there are some people who love to give you their ideas, but then there are people who actually want to help. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. And I like, I like helpers, and I like the fact that there is mercy, and there is grace to help us in our time of need. God's, God's throne, the Bible says, it is a throne of grace. I'm glad it's a throne of grace. God's throne could easily be a throne of judgment. It could easily be a throne of condemnation. It could easily be a throne of indifference, Right? But all the ways God has chosen to relate to you and me, he chose grace. That's, that's his idea of how he wants to relate with us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God's able to make all grace abound to you, that all ways, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. So the grace of God is not just barely enough to make it. God's grace is enough to cause you to abound. God's grace is enough to cause you to overcome, to live in abundance, to have all sufficiency for everything. And I like the idea of relying on the grace of God 
because God is consistent and I am not always. Hello? You know, we're singing this song a little bit earlier about uh, worshiping God when things don't seem to be going so well. And there's so much truth in the idea that when we focus on the goodness and greatness of God, that never changes. Your, your life changes. Your circumstances change. Your relationships change. There are, your health changes. There's a lot of things that change in your life. Your mood changes, right? And so the idea of this is like when I worship God, it's not like just God needs some kind of stroking to appease his, you know, uh, shattered ego. It, it's truthfully, it's me coming into alignment with what always exists. My situations might change here and there from one week to the next, but God's goodness never changes. God's power never changes. God's grace never changes. So the confidence factor in life is found in living a life dependent on the grace of God. You know, if you're, if you're gonna be a great baseball player, you only have to hit like three hits out of 10 at-bats. So you're, you're, you're getting out more than you're getting on. And I don't know about you, but my experience is life is full of a lot of hits and misses. Come on. Anybody had a few misses? And <laughs> um, I love the idea of relying on the grace of God because your confidence in living can get eroded when you start to focus on your inadequacy. Your inadequacy is no secret to God. It's not like he's going, oh, if I'd have known that. Yeah, the confidence is eroded when you start focusing on what you lack. If you lack wisdom, if you lack strength, if you lack uh, team, if you lack resources, if, you know, when you start focusing on your inconsistency, how many of you know life can go up and down pretty severely? I think a lot of people end up, they end up quitting, trying because of their fear of failure. They start to shrink back. If at first you don't succeed, that means you're human. And what sin is literally is missing the mark. Sin is falling short. We all have falling shorts. Hello. And I don't know about you uh, and confession time, but you know, I, like this year, I started this year with some kind of intention for certain things in terms of my diet, my prayer life, my Bible reading, just, you know, what I was going to do. And I haven't found that I've been able to bat 100. Anybody with me? Come on. Anybody made a resolution and is already not keeping up with it? I know you don't want to raise your hand in church. So I want to talk for a few moments out of this verse in Hebrews 4 
And I, and I just want to talk about receiving the grace of God in the season that you're in right now. So the first thing is this, draw near, don't pull away. Hebrews 4.16 said us, let us therefore draw near. Everybody say near. With confidence to the throne of grace. Uh, one of the biggest temptations in the day of trouble is to start separating yourself from where your real help can come from. I have watched literally tens of thousands of people run into trouble, run into a problem, maybe self-caused, maybe caused by someone else, and it starts to separate them from their relationship with God. It starts to separate them from their spiritual family. It starts to separate them from the people that could really make a difference in helping them move forward. Proverbs 18 verse one says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire and he or she quarrels against all sound wisdom. So you get, in, you get into a situation, maybe you drifted, maybe you made a bad choice, Maybe somebody done you wrong and it's easy to start pulling away instead of drawing near. Am I talking about this okay? Yeah? Amen. People quit coming to church when trouble hits and that's the time you need to be in church the most. Come on. You might think if they only knew, oh, we know. We know you're just like me. We're all together and nobody's batting a thousand. But people, instead of drawing near, they start to pull away. They withdraw from the right people. And maybe, maybe they feel ashamed. Maybe they feel embarrassed. Maybe they feel stupid. Maybe they feel inadequate and they just start pulling away from prayer times, from church, from God himself, from the right kind of friends. Hello. I, I, I have preached this for years and I'm gonna keep preaching it because I keep watching people stumble over this obstacle over and over and over again. When you get down, you start to pull away. You start to feel awkward. You start to, I don't want anybody to know. When you get busy, sometimes you get too busy for the things that matter the most. And let me just say, let me, let me say this. When the Bible says you quarrel against all sound wisdom, when you separate yourself, isolation makes crazy things start going on in your head. Come on. 
when you start pulling away, you start creating a vain imagination in your head. Oh, they don't like me. They're not for me. I can't keep up. Whatever crazy things, I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. Thank you. <laughs> it's all good, right? But isolation can make crazy things start going on in your head. So I'm encouraging you today, come on, to receive the grace of God for now. Draw near. Come on, worship God. Draw near to God in prayer. Draw near time in the word. Draw near to, to hanging out with the right people. Draw near to your church. Don't pull away from your church. Second thing I want to talk about is this. Watch your mouth. Come on, turn and look at your neighbor. Say, watch your mouth. Hebrews 4, 16, I'm talking about drawing near to receive the grace of God for now. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. The word confidence literally in the Greek means freedom of speech. In other words, draw near with freedom of speech to the throne of grace. The big idea is you can speak freely to the Lord in time of need. Now, let me just say, it's okay to go to God and complain. He can handle it. But you're not helping yourself if your, your mouth is full of complaining or grumbling or whining or putting yourself down or whatever, it's okay to come to God to the throne of grace and say, God, I need your help. This isn't going well. But at some point, you got to set your rudder to forward. Come on. James 3, verse 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they're still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Your tongue, your words are your rudder in life. Your words guide you. Your words steer you. Your words steer your life. God's promises are voice activated. So that's the power of worship. That's the power. So my encouragement to you is get words of worship in your mouth. Get, amen, get scripture that speaks to where you are right now and get confessing, declaring God's word. Get, get to that place where you can situate yourself in the presence of God, 
start declaring the truth of God's word over your life. And let me, let me just say this. I know most of us know this idea, but you gotta still get a hold of your words. You gotta get the words to come out of your mouth that line up with the promise of God. You don't, let's, be, let's be prayer warriors, not prayer whiners. <laughs> oh, Lord, please help. You can, you can go in with that for a day, but that doesn't need to be your whole prayer life. All right, number three, you got to walk in the authority of grace. Walk in the authority of grace. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne. Somebody say the throne of grace. Grace gives you authority. Grace gives you an authority to walk into his presence. Grace gives you an authority, listen to me, to walk out into life. When my children were super young, uh, they, uh, especially my youngest, she had this idea that this was her dad's church and you just need to be sure you know that. And so she kind of just walked around like this place belonged to her. And if anybody ever even started to possibly challenge that, she would go, hey, do you know who my dad is? I, I mean, she's five years old. She's six years old. She's got no wisdom. She got no money. She got no strength but she knows who her daddy is. And I'm just, I'm just saying to you, when you know who your daddy is, you may not have all the qualifications, but your dad owns this earth. And, you know, I believe our father owns Asheville. Amen. And he's created a place for you, for us here in this city. And it's our job to own the God-given authority instead of trying to hide in a corner while things are going bad it's our God-given authority in this city, in this region, to bring the kingdom of God into the earth, to bring heaven into the earth. Spiritual authority is, is delegated. It's, it's given to us. It's not like I don't have it in myself. I have it because of the grace of God. So what I want to say to you is Grace is not some kind of weak thing. Like it's, you know, it forgives me and that's what grace. Grace gives us authority in life. You can run your life with authority from your prayer closet. One of the things that I know has been on my wife's heart during this 23 days is to, you gotta rethink 
prayer as a defensive posture and you got to put yourself living on the offense in life. And we just sang this beautiful old hymn. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. You have the powerful asset of a prayer life that can access the grace of God, that can access the help of God. And prayer is not just an asset for when you're in times of difficulty. You you and I are given the capacity by God to grasp things in the heavenlies and release them into the earth. You in, in that place and before the throne of grace, you can see things that are beyond your circumstances. You can hear things that are beyond your circumstances. All right, number four, let me keep moving on this. Talking about appropriating the grace of God for the now that you're in right now. Number four, appropriate the grace and mercy you need. So Hebrews 4, 16, again, let us therefore draw near confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy, that we may find grace to help in time of need. We can receive mercy, we can find grace. Mercy, as you know, is a judgment that would be due to us, but it's being withheld. Grace is not just, grace goes beyond that. Grace is favor extended. Sometimes when you come into God's presence, you come with something. You, you bring your faith. You bring your worship. You bring your heart. You bring, but sometimes you come into God's presence for something, right? And grace is always available. Mercy is always available. But the Bible says you got to receive mercy, right? It, it, it says you got to find grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. In other words, what God has given has to be received. What God has given has to be appropriated. What is, what is faith has to apprehend the grace that God gives. God gives the grace, but I got to accept the grace. I got to receive the grace. I got to embrace the grace. You know, grace, I think when you start working on a, on a grace perspective with God, you realize I don't deserve any of this. I'm not good enough for any of this. But if God is giving it, I got to reach out for it. Right? There is a grace available for you right now, whatever season you're going through. Your situation right now is not greater than God's grace. Your season right now is not greater than God's grace. And then the last idea that I want to talk about, and then we're going to pray together, is receive grace for this strategic season. So it says, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. We may receive mercy and grace. Find grace to help in time of need. 
That is a Greek word, eukaryos, which you've heard me teach a lot in the past about chronos time is just the dailies. Kairos times are the strategic times. Not every day, not every season is the same. If you're with me, you're ready for winter to be over. Please. <laughs> right? But there are sowing seasons. There are reaping seasons. There are pruning seasons. And the Bible is telling us there is mercy and there is grace to help us in this season. What, whatever your now is, whether it's good or bad, whether it's less or more, God has mercy available for you. Come on. God has grace available for you. Your, your time of need is not just when everything's falling apart, right? Your life doesn't have to be going from one crisis to the next. But there is a grace from God to move forward. There are strategic seasons in your life. Instead of just relying on the grace of God when we blow it, how about relying on the grace of God to take ground, to move forward, right? Come on. You know, the times when we're all likely to fail is when things are going bad or when things are going really good and we feel like we got it together. And I just want us to take a moment to pray, to worship, open our heart. I don't know exactly what your season is right now, but there's something going on in your world. You need the mercy of God. You need the grace of God. Psalm 46, verse one is my last verse. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change. I wanna take a moment right now, if you just stand with me, we're gonna worship, we're gonna open our hearts, we're gonna receive the grace of God for our life right now. So let's worship together. grace won't go it's not over till you say so you are faithful God you're faithful the cross is all the confidence I need your love you don't keep you 
close your eyes, would you open your heart? Lord, we come before the throne of grace today to find mercy to receive grace to help us right now. Father, I'm praying for the touch of your Holy Spirit, for the touch of heaven on every life, every heart, every heartache, every failure, every good thing 
that's going on. God, let the touch of heaven come into our world right now. We open our hearts to you. Receive all that you have to give. We're so grateful for the throne of grace. With your head bowed, your eyes closed, I just want to take a minute. You know, it's one thing to receive grace in a moment. It's another thing to walk with the God who gives that grace. And maybe today you're here and you have not really surrendered to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you have fallen away, slipped away in a relationship with the Lord and you know it's time for you to come back. Or maybe you just don't feel confident about where you stand with God. I would love to pray with you. Nobody's looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Pastor, I, I wanna receive Jesus, or I wanna come back to Jesus, or I wanna know for sure I'm right with Jesus, would you just pray with me? Would you just lift your hand up real high all over this room and just say, for me, that's me, I'm opening my heart all over the room. Open into your heart. Let's pray this together. Everybody say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come before you today. I want you. I need you in my life, in my world, as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I know I've messed up. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. I receive a fresh start and a new beginning. Today, help me become the person you've created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.